Hey, before we start the show, just wanted to mention Dave and I have created a playlist on Spotify of our favorite songs of 2017. We'll be updating it pretty frequently to keep you up to date with the songs that we're enjoying and uh, we're talking about on the podcast. So you can find it under my name, Patrick Sheehan, on Spotify, and we'll also be tweeting it out from a pod account. So keep an eye out for that, and please follow along. Give us feedback of songs you want on there. What's up? It's now Nostalgia Pod coming to you live from the Sheehan Recording Studio. I guess the Burncliffe Recording Studio. <laughs> Remote location. Yeah, the Brian Hines Memorial Recording Studio, maybe. Mm. You know, he's, he's not dead, but he's just not living here for a little bit. Rip, rip. Get well soon, Brian Hines. I am Pat Sheehan with Dave Martinson. We're going to give you your weekly look what's going on in pop culture. But I just want to start off by saying, all is right with the universe. Patriots are Super Bowl champions again, Dave. Shame. It was a, shame. It was an awesome game, though. Yeah, it was. The, the largest comeback in Super Bowl ever, first mm-hmm. overtime. Atlanta didn't get another ring, though, which sucks. They only had one in all their major professional sports. But no, Boston needs to get their ninth ring of the century. <laughs> Because you guys are a bunch of gluttons. This would actually be our 10th. Whatever. I thought it was really funny how Fox waited to show the ring differentials for the cities. But they um, did. They, they, yeah. they did in fact show it, of course. And, and they did it at, at the most heart-wrenching time for Atlanta <laughs> fans. I thought the broadcast was actually really good. I actually thought the Super Bowl yeah. overall, just as a entity, was a pretty good Super Bowl. I don't dislike Joe Buck. No. He's really good at what he does. He I, I don't find him that annoying. I know some people hate him, think he roots against their team. Well, uh, Irrational fans. Yeah, it's any... Sportscaster Buster Olney has the article where it's like, if you think Buster Olney hates your team, well, he hates everybody else's too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why don't we start with what stood out to you about the Super Bowl? We can talk about the ads, Lady Gaga, things that kind of were teased during it. Where do you want to start with? Lady Gaga playing it safe. Did she? Yeah, man. That was really tame. Oh, you did God bless America. With this, this land, land is your land. land. And Woody Guthrie throwing it back. And the pledge. Those 1940s throwbacks. You know, and then uh, what, Born This Way? Oh, you're really showing it to him, you know? She made Mike Pence sit through a gay pride song, basically. Well, there is that one song on Joan, her newest album from the fall, that's like about Trayvon Martin, pretty obviously. Didn't perform that. She just did the million reasons. Jam well, instead. I thought the worst part of her, her performance was when she played that new single that she has. Yeah. Floated down one. with the piano. I was like... Enough of this. I want to hear Love Game. I want to hear, yeah. like, just play the hits. I, I want to see the disco stick. And yeah, and, and she she did. She mostly played all the hits. It was, it was a pretty exciting what 13, 14 minutes. Of, yeah, no guests, no Bruno um, Mars this time. And she was, and she sang and danced the whole time. No and, pregnant Beyonce. Yeah, it, which is fine. You know, she deserves a break. But yeah, Gaga I thought was fantastic. Could have used Migos, I think, if we did want to guess that number one album in the country right now. You know, Atlanta was in the game. Would have been great. Well, they, they should have had one artist from both cities perform then. Oh, what, what do you guys have? Dropkick Murphys? Yeah, bring out those Dropkick Murphys. Is there anybody else? Aerosmith could have come out. Steven Tyler. It's one guy. Aerosmith's a whole band, I mean. Yeah, yeah but is the rest of the band from Boston? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Joe cool. Perry? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought Gaga was great. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous during the game, and basically commercial breaks were for trying to talk myself off the ledge for most of it. Sure. So what ad stood out to you? I can only remember maybe one or two. I mean, the Melissa McCarthy one is really funny. Okay, I don't remember uh, that one. What was that? Kia? Advertising a brand new car. Mm-hmm. I like that. She had, she's had a great weekend. T-Mobile was going hard. They had the two. The first one was with Bieber, which was out already. I think that's the thing with Super Bowl commercials is they're not as important anymore because no. half of them are already on the internet beforehand and mm-hmm. 
the rest of them were up hours after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Actually faster than that. The whole like, oh, sh- we have to, we don't want to miss the commercials. No, I'm going to see them in YouTube ads now. Like, right. It's not a big deal. They're just really good commercials. Like, they're really well produced. What was it, that 84 Lumber commercial or something? Really unexpected and, like, their site crashed. So the oh, wow. $5 million, $10 million they paid for their ad, they lost a lot of clicks. Yeah. So good on you guys. I think the one that stood out to me was Cam Newton for Buick. Where oh, right. That was funny. I didn't realize that was Cam at first. I- Oh, really? I was like, is that Jameis Winston? Like, who is that? Is oh, that yeah, a pro? Was, I couldn't even tell. It could have been, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought when you heard him doing the cadence of, like, the red 27, yeah. I was like, oh, there's Cam. <laughs> that and was good. Yeah, that that was one of my favorites. Hyundai, when they had the live shot where it went to, like, the barracks in Poland. And oh, yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Uh, Peter Berg directed that. And there was also another one. Oh, Skittles, with Kid Throwing the Skittles. That was good. That, was, that started off early. No more Sean Lynch, though. No. He was in Ireland or Scotland last week doing Skittles things. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was like, you guys know what Super Bowl is? You know, he's like asking him all these, these weird things, and yeah, it was funny. I checked that out on the internet. But also, right after the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl was the lead-in for 24 Legacy. Yeah. With Corey Hawkins, a.k.a. Dr. Dre from Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. Couldn't care less about the show, but... You know, shout out Corey Hawkins, getting that TV lead. Yeah, good, good, good for, for him. him. <laughs> I want to run it back. You mentioned Melissa McCarthy. Right. She had an awesome weekend. Dude, uh, her, her Sean Spicer is perfect. That, I, so good. It's, so, it's even better than, than the Trump impression, I think. Yeah. Just because she has that right mix of the impersonation being spot on and taking it just far enough over the top where it's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, no. That was really and Spicer smart. actually addressed it. Which yeah, he just said it was too much gum. The only other thing I think I want to mention from the Super Bowl hmm. was Stranger Things. Yeah, season two trailer. Coming late, though. Halloween 2017. Because season one was, what, July? Mm-hmm. Middle July? That sucks. And we knew it was coming, so I think it just kind of sucks because it's longer than I thought. That's probably a smart time to put it. Oh, absolutely. Right around the holidays, get everybody's in the spirit. The hype around it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I thought about with it, though, is I wonder if season two is as much of a success as season one was. How does the amount of time between season one and season two being so far apart, how does that affect the way that the show is uh, developed moving forward right, because the actors are gonna it's gonna be like game of thrones where that's all true. of a sudden bran is huge well even also strange thing season one was unexpected no one saw it coming that's right. half the reason everyone liked it so much so now everyone has high expectations mm-hmm. for a show they like so you know it's kind of like mr robot season two all over again yep. also Comscore did tracking for all of the movie trailers and tv spots mm-hmm. and which one do you think was the most talked about on twitter most talked about TV spot? Yeah, there was a bunch. There was Life, Ghost in the Shell, Logan, Baywatch, Fast 8, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Pirates of the Caribbean 5. I'd and, say Baywatch, probably. And Transformers 5. Baywatch? No, nah, it was Guardians. Nice. Guardians and Pirates. Guardians got a lot of love from Papa Sheehan. He was like, oh, the first one was so good. This one's probably going to be good, too. He's like, love, love the soundtrack. I was like, ah, oh, look at that. Yeah. Guardians pulling even the uh, old. older demo in. Well, the Super Bowl was uh, a huge success, but something that... It doesn't seem to be so successful. DC Universe. Yeah, especially specifically <laughs> their films department. Yeah. We've talked at length about them. Check our podcast about our thoughts on DC Universe, their strategy for movies, mm-hmm. us ripping Suicide Squad apart, somewhat defending Batman vs. Superman, right. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. But the, the news this past week was Ben Affleck is dropping out as director of the Batman movie. Tentatively titled The Batman. Yeah, he's still producing and obviously starring in it, but not, in fact, directing. And I think that's actually a good move because coming off Live By Night, a movie he directed and starred in that bombed and was mediocrely received. Yeah, just focus on the role because you already have so much pressure within this DC film universe because it's not going that well. 
and people want you to get it right, and the last Batman from Christopher Nolan was received so well, you have so much riding on it that taking the responsibility of directing it out of your own hands is probably smart because you already have enough pressure having the role on its own. Also, I think we mentioned this, but in January, they announced that the Flash movie is getting a complete rewrite, page mm. one rewrite. Really? So that's a great sign. Or maybe maybe it actually <laughs> is, in fact, a great sign. I don't know, but they're basically scrapping what they had. So. That's that, that's too bad, too, because they, they do have some really compelling actors attached to all right. this. Like Ezra Miller for Flash is probably one of the most exciting castings that they have. And, I mean, we talked about The Rock last week with Black Adam, also very exciting. If they continue to miss on these movies, they're going to have to scrap basically the whole plan moving forward and try to figure something out. Yeah, well, and that, that's the interesting thing is Forbes came out with a shortlist for Batman director, and it's you know quite a murderer's row of notable directors top of which would be George Miller, Mad Max fame, and of course, yep. Babe. Let's not forget he also did Babe. Matt <laughs> Reeves, who did the new Planet of the Apes, among other things. Gavin O'Connor, Matt Ross, who's Captain Fantastic, is getting love at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And the Wonder Kid, the hot director, Dennis Villeneuve. Denny. Denny. Our, our guy. I don't think Villeneuve would do it. When he's I doing Dune name. already, dude. He's got enough pressure. Yeah. Well, when, I, when I saw he, he was thinking about that, I was like, eh. Or he was listed. I was like, I don't know if I could I could see that. Matt Reeves. Yeah, I, I think Reeves would be a good choice. George Miller would be a really great get for them. When I initially thought about it, you know, just trying to think who to do it, if someone, you know, we all know, I was thinking of Matthew Vaughn, who did ah. the first Kick-Ass and Kingsman. Mm-hmm. He has that, you know, very noticeable, unique style of how he makes his movies. Mm-hmm. I think the initial appeal of Ben Affleck doing the Batman is that he would have his, like, you know, artsy directory mm-hmm. touch to it. Yeah. And I wouldn't know if you call Matt Vaughn artsy, but... It'd be unique looking. Yeah, it would be cool if he brought in the aspect of Kingsman where they're fighting and it kind of slows down, but it's still going really fast. You can kind of see all the moves. Mm -hmm. It'd be very similar in a way to the Batman video games of how it's like you have to kind of put the combos together and it's like do do do. Darker games, absolutely. That would be an interesting director to do that. It would be cool if they got him. I don't really have a preference. I think George Miller just because. Sure. Yeah, I thought Mad Max was excellent, Why so not? <laughs> yeah, definitely give him the reins if possible, but we'll see. If I was a director, I don't know if I'd want to jump into this right now. It seems like a mess over there. Yeah, I mean, The Flash <laughs> lost two directors. It's not going well, so we'll see. But moving on from that, speaking of superheroes and powers and whatnot, Legion is coming to FX mm-hmm. Wednesday of this week, so the day you can hear this. Legion will be out tonight. Shout out Andy Greenwald. Producer, He's writing. Assistant producer, something, something like, like that. that. From Noah Hawley. Yeah. Obviously the fantastic showrunner behind Fargo, season one and two. He's going to have a big year this year. Yeah, because he's also doing Fargo Season 3, yeah, which is out in the fall. Amazing. And I think Pound for Pound is probably the best showrunner just because Fargo Season 1 Season 2 were so excellent and pretty much got extensively flawless. from everybody. Yeah, absolutely. The interesting thing about Legion is... Can you give us a little background on Yeah, Legion's? so it's... X-Men sourced, basically, the, mm-hmm. the lead character is, you know, codenamed Legion, is Professor X's son. Ah, okay. Who has a fragile mental state and also these incredible powers. Mm-hmm. So this show has basically all original characters around him, not nothing really based on the comics, but there are other people with power, you know, other mutants in mm-hmm. the show. It's interesting because you see it through his perspective and because he has like a fragile mental state, it's out of order and, you know, yeah. nonlinear and things like that. But this is actually being made by Marvel Television. So it's not made by Fox like the X-Men movies. It's made by Marvel TV who does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then all the Marvel Netflix stuff. But it's not connected to anything. So Noel Hawley had a lot of creative freedom because he's not 
in some part of larger universe doesn't have to worry about a crossover in five years. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really exciting. And from the advanced reviews, which are all very positive, it's a show about nuance. It's not about the big conflicts, the big superhero battles, stuff like that. Right. So I think that's really enticing, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and I'm sure if it's a superhero show, there will be big battles. So I think they're... When they do come, it'll be good. Yeah, well, I think their interest will be fulfilled there. But basically everything that I've seen about this is that it's different from any mm-hmm. kind of superhero show or movie that's been made before. I know Netflix yeah. with Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil has kind of taken a different approach in some ways where it's kind of like there's a big bad but there's a lot of little things that happen in the, the meantime. Yep. So we're probably taking a page out of those books and it'll be really exciting. We'll be definitely be talking about it. So check us out next week. Yeah. FX um, is on quite the hot streak. Yeah. And it's only eight episodes. We usually are fans Limited of short seasons. series, yes. So that's great. This is Valentine's Day weekend coming up, though. Right. So there's a lot of movies coming out, too. Yes. So, Dave, what are you going to take your sweetie to see in the movie theater this weekend? You really have quite the amount of options here. You can go the comedic route and go see the Lego Batman movie. Yes. Which is Batman's voice by Will Arnett. Will Arnett, right. Everything is awesome, man. You can also go the ass-kicking route and see John Wick Chapter 2, starring Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves. John Wick, the original. Not a movie I thought needed a sequel, but also one of the best action movies in a really long time. <laughs> that movie is fantastic. Did you know Keanu Reeves does all his own stunts? Does he? Isn't that crazy? And he's always done his own stunts. That's great. Yeah. I know Tom Cruise does most of his stunts. Yeah, it's, I think that's pretty awesome. You don't hear about that a lot nowadays. Right. Although stunts probably were not as crazy back when they were doing that. Now Tom Cruise is, you know, actually on airplanes when they're taking off for Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that was just an insane... Stunt. But moving on, yeah, John Wick, Batman, and Fifty Shades of Grey? Fifty Shades Darker. Oh. The gray is gone. So, what, are we just black now? Uh, dude, I don't know. Jamie Dorian, and, Jamie Dorian, whatever his name is, and Dakota Johnson. I assume their chemistry is just as shitty in this one, because <laughs> the original sucks. Well, it looks like it's pretty intense from all the trailers. Yeah, apparently. Know. Apparently there's actually a lot more sex. Hmm. The amount of sex in the Finally. first one was actually pretty low. I never saw it. I, yeah. I, I satirically watch it, you know, like, gotcha. self-evaluate, as I always mm-hmm. put it, like, when I want to see, how bad is this movie really? <laughs> it's like why I watch Fantastic Four. Yeah. And I, ha- I need to know. But yeah, I mean, these books apparently get really Sexual. convoluted, and nobody's like, the story gets, like, so absurd oh, and bigger gotcha. and weird and stuff, and I think that's what starts in this one, whatever. It'll probably win the weekend, because the first one killed it at the box office well. So well, it's also people that like it are going to like it still. Right, and it's Valentine's Day weekend, so guys basically... Usually don't get a say in what movies they're, they're going to go see on that weekend. Right. It's, what do you want to see, honey? Fifty Shades Darker? Okay. Well, it's funny because last year at this time, this weekend, was Deadpool's premiere. John Wick going to get those Deadpool views. Yeah, let's hope. Now, I think Lego Batman's going to be awesome. They have, I think, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, oh, Will crazy, crazy and, cast, yeah. Yeah, just the, the voice acting in that is always fantastic. So I'll probably be checking that out. There's a lot of stuff. Tell us what you're going to be seeing. Tweet at the show, at NostalgiaPod on Twitter. Leave us a review if you want, and you can also tell us if you see anything and if you want us to talk about it. Did you see Split from M. Night? Yeah. I didn't, but if you did, you can tell us now. I'm not really an M. Night person. I'm not either, and... I've seen The Last Airbender and The Village. I think that's it. So the thing is, there's a huge twist with this. I'm not going to spoil it, right. but I was really curious as to what it is. I've always I... wanted to see the thing related to the twist. I yeah, haven't. so when I actually listened to what the twist was, it wasn't a twist to me at all, because yeah. I was like, oh, what does this even oh, mean? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I, I need to do more <laughs> background work to understand the twist, right. and that means more M. Night Shyamalan, and I, I think I'm out on that right now. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe in the future. What is doing well at the box office? It's the highest grossing, quote, horror movie in like three years. So. Why, why'd you put it in quotes? Well, I don't know if it's like a strict <laughs> horror movie. It's not The Conjuring, you know? Yeah, I guess it's a thriller kind of, yeah. right? Right. Suspense. And I, and I hear uh, McAvoy has a great performance of it. I hope so. He 
has 10 performances in the movie or something. True. So. <laughs> uh, so why don't we move on. Two albums we want to talk about this week. One of them came out this past Friday. The other one came out the Friday before. So I'll start talking about Cloud Nothings. A band started in 2010, I believe, by a music student in New York City named <laughs> Dylan Baldy. Ah. Released their fourth album as a group. They have five. They collaborated with the band Waves on a, a project, I believe, was last the year. Life of Pablo's first draft. <laughs> that would have been nice if, uh, second draft, if they were on that. The album is called Life Without Sound, and I liked this even more than I liked Japan Droids last week, so I reviewed Japan Droids week, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod, and why do I like this album more? So Japan Droids, I think my main criticism was the lyrics kind of corny. Corny. Yeah, and they, they're just very like, <laughs> used to be good, now cutter I'm bad. type of rock. Yeah, they used to be good, but now I'm bad. Uh, these guys are getting better though, Cloud Nothing, so. Used um, to be good, now I'm even better. Yeah, they're definitely getting better. And the thing is, I think Cloud Nothings, if you listen to kind of all their albums, there's not a consistent sound with them. Hmm. So it's kind of like they're always exploring and trying to find what really fits them. And the album really epitomizes that. So there's parts where it sounds kind of mainstream alternative rock and points when it sounds a lot more like uh, hard rock. Interesting. And then points where it sounds kind of like dark rock. And I Needs didn't really to be like hard. Yeah. There's not enough hard rock now. Yeah, and it's they, they mix it in together well. They're able to have some really catchy melodies, like the track Modern Act. It's a song that you can hear in his voice, the edge that he puts into it, especially as the song kind of winds Edgy, on. And, nice. and becomes the Japan guitars become a little harder. Not much edge to them. Not not a ton. Fine. Yeah. Not what they're going for. It's very catchy though. It's the kind of thing where you get the chorus stuck in your head pretty quickly. Right. Have you ever heard the song? I'm gonna guess no, but I want I want to ask. I might have played it for you once or twice. Stay useless by Cloud Nothings. Wouldn't remember if I did. Okay. So it was a song that came out with their I believe it was their first album back in 2011. It's probably their best song, which isn't necessarily always a good thing to say about a band when their best song is from their first album. But what made that song so great is it had a, an element of punk and kind of garage rock that they mixed in with a really catchy chorus. And that's basically what they did with, with this album a lot. It's kind of like lo-fi rock in a way where they're kind of doing it in a way to make it sound a little bit grungier, which okay. I like as sure. well. It's a little also bit not that common now. So Yeah, it's a little messy at times. So Cloud Nothings are Wait, really messy like... messy and like it's mixed badly? No, messy in terms of it sounds like they're kind of playing it live in a way. Oh, times, okay. Which sure. I, I don't... That... Yeah. I don't mind with rock. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends how you do it. That can go over bad. I like hearing when artists are kind of like losing themselves in the music and kind of just like letting going with it. But yeah, you don't want it to be produced badly. I would give this album a solid B, B plus. I really liked it. They're a very consistent band. They're going to be making the rounds. Were they at any of the festivals we covered the past few weeks? I believe they're at Bonnaroo and Coachella for sure. Firefly couldn't even get them, huh? Firefly's undercard. Couldn't get anybody. Just depressing. And Firefly, I think, has a, has a major miss this year. Governor's Ball, though, is getting a lot of love. They released their single days, and they stacked okay. their Saturday. Oh, I... Saturday is stacked with Phoenix, Gambino, Wu-Tang is also that day. Side note, I do want to shout out probably our biggest fan, Ryan Chin. Ryan Chin, you're our biggest fan. Yeah. We, we appreciate you. Yeah, we, we we appreciate you very much. He was texting me during the game yesterday. and Ryan, you're welcome on the pod. You tweeted us a lot, but you could tweet us more. Also, I want to shout out my friend Marty O'Donnell, also a Marty. Loyal, loyal listener, Marty O.D. He's a big Lady Gaga fan, and he's also a big Notorious B.I.G. fan. Wow. So it was really funny when I used to be around him a lot where he would 
you know, you'd, you could hear blaring one or two, like how <laughs> the disparity is so obviously stark. Both just powerhouses, though. Lady <laughs> Gaga and, and Biggie Smalls. That's a great combination right there. So shout out to them. We appreciate you, our, mm-hmm. our loyal listeners. Keep giving us feedback. Share us with your other friends. But Dave, I want to hear about this Big Sean record. Yeah, speaking of big. Oh, God. Yeah, Sean Don. Big Sean <laughs> back with his fourth commercial-length album, I Decided, out last Friday. Big Sean, been around the block for some time now. Heck, he's been signed the good music since 2007, which makes him the longest-tenured good artist, apart from Kanye, when he founded mm-hmm. it. The biggest thing about Big Sean is he's really popular, right? Like, he's got a lot of fans. He has, he's relatable. I think the appeal with Big Sean is that he's relatable. You know, he's not a trapper. He's right. not overly druggy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, just relatable, just, you know, talking about his experiences in life and whatnot. I mean, he actually, he always comes across as a really nice, genuine guy. Mm-hmm. I think he just raised $100,000 for Flint, wow. Michigan's water crisis through his foundation. That's awesome. Because he's from uh, Detroit. But the biggest knock on Big Sean's whole career is that he never really had a unique sound. He didn't really bring anything to the table. He always just made, you know, competent, solid music, but he was just kind of mm-hmm. the bar. He was the bar, I guess. Yeah, he's you a know, C. The middle. He's a C yeah. all the time. You know, it, it was fine. Prepping for this album, I really do happen to agree with that because I was looking back at all his big hits. And none, I can't really and none of them really resonate that far after the album. Like, think about the first album, Finally Famous. You have, what, Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay, which Roscoe Dash kind of steals it there. Mm-hmm. And Dance Ass with Nicki Minaj has not aged well at all. <laughs> Second album, Hall of Fame, you have See Me Get Guap right now. Hasn't aged that well. Then Dark Sky Paradise out almost two years ago, you know, February 2015, that has a I Don't Fuck With You and okay. Blessings with Drake and Kanye, mm-hmm. Not Your Fault with Kanye. The best song he's on is Click. He he kills it on uh, Cruel Summer. He's on yeah. Mercy as well. Yeah, that's true. He's great on that album. And then also he gave us the c- Control, where he's actually really right. good on Control, but Kendrick obviously was way better and way more uh, noteworthy for obvious reasons. He got Kendrick. And then Blessings, Drake mm-hmm. killed it. So he's been beaten up on his own songs more than <laughs> once, which is always not a good looking rap. But either way, he's back with a new album, and... I think this album is still not a great album for Big Sean. It's probably it's definitely one of his better, if not his best album. It, ha- it has less hits than Dark Sky Paradise, but it's probably a better project overall. I think if you wanted to boil it down really reductively, a good Big Sean album right now is like a decent Drake album, because Sean, <laughs> yeah. at this point... Oh, he, so it was Views. Well, no, no, this is this is better than Views, I, oh, okay. I think. It's, it's just more uh, it's more focused. But you, he's you still, defended like, Views pretty strongly, so say that this is better than Views. Well, I, I still said Views is super, super freaking bloated yeah. and way too long. This has a lot of similar similar themes okay. with, uh, you know, the... Sad and lonely. The sad and lonely, rich introspection and whatnot. Bounce Back, I think, is a solid single. You've heard that for some time. Awesome Metro Boom and Beat. Moves was the other lead single. That song's okay. Uh, I think I think it's a solid song, but you know that's also one that probably we won't remember. Did you play those two on SNL? There's a few slower songs which I, I can't get into, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, shout out you doing like I mean like the rela- the lyrics are solid. I just don't really like enjoy the songs that much. Jump right out the bal- balcony and something like, something like that. He's been known to have a corny punchline once in a while, and this year this this album he's got a yeah I got the force but I never force nothing. Mm, and I was like, ah, okay, okay then. <laughs> Sacrifices, one of the last tracks on the album with Migos, as expected. <laughs> Excellent across the board. Llama, mama, red, llama. red pajama. <laughs> uh, so that song's great. Big Sean's great in it too. And then probably the song that's getting the most buzz is No Favors with Eminem. Big, oh. It starts off as a great song. Big Sean's killing it. And then Eminem comes in. Wait, wait, I want to guess what he raps about. He, ra- he raps about raping women and. 
being white and poor and what shaving Mur- people murder yeah murder. oh murder okay because he does a lot of that you know yeah you know he's uh really really wealthy and sober and stays out of the limelight but he still loves to talk about sexual violence how the hell does he not have new material by now because he's washed did you hear this line he called himself the aaron hernandez of rap Sadie number 81, surely I'm turning into the Aaron Hernandez, the rap state of emergency, the planet's having panic. And here's the thing, like, this Eminem verse, I'm sure he's very self-aware about, but that's not the point. What does that even mean, really? Uh, well, like, br- breaking that down, Aaron Hernandez was a great tight end. I think, yeah, and Eminem is a great MC. Does he think he's going to come back and be a great MC again? Does he think Aaron Hernandez is going right. to come back and be a great tight end? <laughs> Aaron, oh, well, that's why I tweeted what? at Martin Swagger. I was like, oh, yeah, Aaron Hernandez probably thinks he'll get out of jail and become a great tight end again. Like, oh, yeah, I guess. I don't Maybe, know. So he's delusional, basically. Of course, yeah. But Eminem, uh, he just throws out the whole song because his verse coming off of Sean's very strong verse it doesn't mesh well anyway. Yeah, I was and like, like, Big Sean has, you know, affinity for him, because obviously Eminem's from Detroit, mm-hmm. put Detroit hip-hop on the map, like, I totally respect that, but essentially he phones it in on this, it's not an outstanding verse anyway. Yeah, and just even though the, they're two deliveries, Big Sean is, doesn't he's match kind of well. smooth, and Eminem is just very in-your-face, and yeah. like, hard, and... And again, like, he's like, it, it, well. it sounds a lot like his terrible Marshall Mathers LP2, where he's kind of doing like the Slim Shady thing, but as you were saying, I don't want you to pretend you're drugged up. Because right. you're not drugged up anymore. It's just inauthentic. I just don't care. It would be... This is not like Pusha T rapping about, you know, pushing weight still. Right. Because that, that is still just... That's just talking about the past. And Madem doesn't talk about it as if it's his past himself. It's just like, he's such a fucked up weird dude that I don't know what goes through his head. What do you think it is about... Why is Dr. Dre able to be successful in his career now, but Eminem can't move on? Easy answer. Dr. Dre was a producer first and foremost. Dr. Dre became a mogul some time ago, mm-hmm. you know, with beats and whatnot. Dre has three albums, but his most notable songs are usually songs where he has maybe one short verse and someone else does better. He gives it off. Like, you know, California Love, for example. Right. Eminem has been a recluse mm-hmm. ever since he became famous, and obviously he had substance abuse problems for some time, but he technically has Shady Records. But who on Shady Records has been remotely good? Slaughterhouse. Rap fans love Joel Ortiz, but where, show me the records. Right. Yellow Wolf. LOL. Is there anyone else on Shady? No. It's not a label that we talk about, and I doubt he even does anything really running it. And that's that. there's nothing else. He's done nothing else with his career. So pretty except, much he's... Except make his money that. and be weird. And, right. And that, that's fine if you want to do that, but... Do you think if he made a more self-aware and more appropriate album for where he actually is in life, people would want just, to listen to it, though? Perhaps. I just don't think he knows how to do that. I feel like it would just sound like Drake at, the, at that point, but just in a harder tone and probably less listenable. Most rappers in their 40s don't have anything else to say. I can't, I'm not saying that's a problem. Yeah, I can't even think of a rapper that's similar to Eminem now. Like, I'm trying to think of a, a comparison to him right, now. Right, because Jay-Z's in his 40s, but he also mm-hmm. has all these other ventures and things he's done. Mm-hmm. And he also has curtailed his output anyway. But again, we're ta- not talking about Big Show, we're talking about exactly. a feature that great, got more notice. Great point. But, yeah, overall, I decided it's a solid album. I really like how Micah Peters on The Ringer put it. He said Big Sean is the Hawkeye of the Avengers. Huh. You know, solid, comparable, you know, he hits those shots, comes to work every day, does his mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, he's not Iron Man. No. But that's fine. He doesn't need We to do be. need Hawkeye. Yeah. You, you, need, you need the guy in Click who says, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about that that big Sean. So maybe I'll give it a listen eventually. But... Yeah, he also called him a, a game manager, and uh, and he concluded with you know sometimes game managers get rings, yeah. and I'm totally fine. You know, I, nothing against Big Sean. Alex Smith gets to the AFC Championship game semi. Trent Dilfer got that ring. 
That's true. Trent, Trent Dilford did get that ring. Ben Rosberger got two rings, basically, game manager at the time. Joe Flacco passed the ball like ten times in that game. But Joe Flacco's elite, <laughs> so... Uh, Facts. Anyways, we're going to wrap up there for this week. We've mentioned the Twitter handles, but we'll shout it out one more time. At NostalgiaPod, at Martin Swagger, at Sheeny World Peace. Drop the O. Shout out Meta World Peace. Give us a review. Leave us some comments. Give us a rating. Share us with your friends. It'd be very nice if you give us a iTunes review. Very helpful. Very easy to do on your iPhone. Yeah. Help us out. Follow the account as well as uh, both of our personal Twitters to follow our Bachelor thoughts. We live tweet every Bachelor. Next week, we'll be coming at you hard with that Legion episode one review. Obviously, that's the most important thing coming out this week. We'll probably come back to Young Pope. Yeah. Uh, it's been a few weeks. Maybe uh, Taboo. I think Taboo, can. yeah. Ta- we'll I've be fallen f- really far behind. By next week, we'll have five or six episodes of Taboo out of eight. So, getting down you know, there. we're getting in there. Get that TV talking. Yeah, it will probably be a big TV episode. Then, uh, we'll maybe catch up on The Bachelor, too. We haven't talked about that I mean, in a while. End of the month, we got Broadchurch coming back with David Tennant. Wow. TV's coming, man. There's also a show on uh, Amazon I'm going to start watching called Sneaky Pete. Got a lot of a lot of praise. Brian Cranston's involved. so Yeah, I decided I didn't want to watch it, but yeah, let me know what you think. I'm definitely going to check it out. Also, a new show on Comedy Central called Detroiters. Getting a lot of love right now, so maybe we'll... Uh, Slip, I'll slip a viewing of that in and we'll mention it briefly. TV is so peak right now. Too much shows. So peak. It's interesting. Following Seppenwald's reviews of mm-hmm. TV shows that have come out recently, I feel like he's skewing a lot more negative recently. He, like, he loves Legion. I feel like Legion's going to be a hit. But he didn't like 24 Legacy. Yeah, he, he hated 24 <laughs> Legacies. Keep seeing your Oscar movies because yeah. at the end of the month we'll have our Oscar coverage. We will, so stay tuned for some possible exciting news on that. But until next week, go Patriots. The world's back in order. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Super Bowl 51 champions, Patriots, we out. Sorry, I had to throw that at the end. Should have had me, Ghost.